New Tyrants, the New Priesthood, the Gulag Archipelago, and Public Schools are all addressed this week on the Think and Reform Podcast. everyone for tuning into the Think and Reform podcast. Today we have John and Jim and Joel and yours truly Luke and we're going to talk about politics and religion and everything between. We especially pride ourselves in talking about the things that the institutional church in the West is afraid to talk about. Uh, Dad, what do you got for us this week? Yes, I want to talk this week about a couple of items, uh, power and freedom, because for a lot of folks, freedom and power are opposites. And yet God is ultimately free, and he has ultimate power, and he has told us how to live. And my point today is that if we get away from what God, how God has told us to live, then we will be subject to a different power. It will be the power of man, which is not freedom, which is slavery. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who wrote his classic, The Gulag Archipelago, which for some people was the, the, actually was the book of the century, last, last century, he has some things to say about that. I want to quote from him, also from Fyodor Dostoevsky, so it's Russian day here for me, and also from the, uh, Dostoevsky, of course, was, was also Russian, and I also want to quote from the Apostle Peter uh, this morning, and here is, the, um, here is the paragraph that I want to ad- address. It has to do with power, and it has to do with God, and how that power without God will, uh, there, there's no other explanation. It can only result in, in slavery. Here's this paragraph. Power is a poison well known for thousands of years. If only no one were ever to acquire material power over others. But to the human being who has faith in some force that holds dominion over all of us and who is therefore conscious of his own limitations, power is not necessarily fatal. For those, however, who are unaware of any higher sphere, it is a deadly poison. For them, there is no antidote. And he goes on to point out that the, um, that the oppressors, the torturers in these, in these gulags, they recognize no higher power over themselves, and therefore they were actually turned into animals. They, they, they came up with all kinds of, di- all manner of different methods of torturing people. They, it, it, was, like a, it was like a game to them. It, it, was, it was like fun. And he goes on to say this when he's talking about this idea of, of power over other people. Solzhenitsyn says this. He says, these men control other people's military or official duties, wages, reputations, but you control people's freedom. And what he was saying was for these people, these, these blue caps, these checkists, these torturers, they could go into a meeting and other people with ostensible power, yeah, they might be in charge of some other, you know, you know maybe, maybe the, the commissary or who gets to be promoted in some certain area or something like that. 
But the guy with the blue cap comes in, and everybody's scared of him. Everybody's afraid of him. He has power over other people, and he ultimately controls other people's freedom. Is that not what we're facing here today, my friends? Forget about, come on, we all know by now that this idea of wearing a mask and social distancing is a flat joke. Did you see Governor Newsom this week, right? He's, he's facing the uh, prospect of being recalled. And suddenly, suddenly now, his, his ideas of safety and, and you know, uh, making sure that we don't infect other people with COVID and all this. Suddenly, that's not quite so important. Suddenly, he's relaxing his, his, uh, his, his program. Why is that? Because it was never about health. It was always about power. And Peter makes a comment here, and I'll get to Dostoevsky here in a moment. And I, I, I want to say this today because we have a lot of people, even Christians, shrugging the shoulders and saying, well, I don't know, you know, you, you have your, your uh, sources, I have my sources, and we don't ever know who to believe. We can't figure it out. We'll start reading the Bible. Peter is going to tell us how to figure it out. Listen to what he says about this. He's talking about wicked people. He says, for when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. You know what Peter's saying to us here today? He's saying, listen, don't just listen to what they say. Look at what they do. Look at what they are enslaved by. Look to see if they themselves have liberty. And we, this is not very hard to do. We have Fauci, for example, uh, telling us to wear masks. Then he goes to a ball game, tries to throw the ball to, to, you know, he gets the first pitch in a Cardinals game, I guess it was. The ball actually winds up going towards third base, right? <laughs> and, and, and then he's, then he's uh, telling, talking about masks and stuff. And, he, and there's pictures of him. He's not wearing a mask. Uh, Burks. Uh, you know, she was Ms. whatever she was, guru person, how to keep us all safe, told us not to go visit anyone for Thanksgiving, and then she's caught going on a plane visiting her own family for Thanksgiving. In other words, Peter has told us here, do not listen to people, do not listen to people who are overcome by their own lusts, who themselves cannot practice what they preach. So we need to get away from this idea that, wow, well, I don't know, you know, there's, there's one guy in a white coat saying one thing, there's another guy in a white coat saying another thing. Listen, you have enough information to do what Peter says here. See if the people, they're saying these things that bring us into bondage, masks, social distancing, telling us we can't go to a restaurant to eat. What business? Who has the right to tell us who, what we can and can't eat? How wicked that is. Look at those people because those people themselves will be violating their own dictates. So my, what I want to communicate this morning is, or today is this. You can discern what is actually true and what is actually false by looking at how they live. Peter has made it clear. And the verse, yes, thank you. Yeah, First Peter chapter two, and verses. Really, what I referenced was basically verses eighteen and nineteen. Although there's a lot more to that. And by the way, just as an aside, uh, John asked me a question just to clarify a verse, and then I'm taking off again. But I'm almost done. Um, <laughs> Second Peter is one of the most attacked authors, um, authors in all of Scripture. Um, Moses is often attacked. There's other uh, Daniel's attacked. Second Peter is attacked. And with verses like that, it's not too hard to tell why Peter is attacked. I think it's uh, in, indicative of the uh, uh, 
I, I know I bring this up a lot, but I probably will bring it up a lot on this podcast, but it's indicative of the of the uh, pro-choice movement. And uh, they don't believe, they actually don't believe that women should have the right to choose. They don't believe that at all. No, they don't, because, Luke, because they never, they never raised a peep when, with China's one-child policy. Right, right. Where, where's well, the choice to have more than one? Right, right. Where's the woman's never right to choose? Never raised a right. peep, all these pro-choice hypocrites. Right, so they, 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 they present freedom, and all they do is give you the freedom to make one choice. That's it. All the other choices, you have no freedom to choose. If, if a woman's right to control her body by not wearing a mask, no, you don't have that right. So they present freedom, but all it is is a cage. And, and, and they convince you that if, if I just have this one choice, I have freedom. I got all this freedom in the world. See, that, and, and, you know, that's what these women, they're, they're marching for when they're talking about, you know, I'm marching, marching for my rights. You know, they have all these rights, you know, and they're, I'm marching for my rights to control my body. But that's all they're marching for. Hey, if I lose my house, if I lose my property, if I, if I have to pay, you know, 100% tax, if, if I have to be forced to, to, to be healthy, that's fine with me as long as I have the right to choose. You know, and, and that's exactly what these people are doing. They present to you freedom in, in, in the guise of one single stupid idiotic choice. And you walk away saying, well, I got freedom. You know, I got my rights. My, my rights are protected as long as I have one stupid choice. It's, it's <clears throat> the, the problem with tolerance. What, what truly is tolerance? Mm -hmm. it, you know, what's hypocrisy? The, the ultimate hypocrisy here today on display is that uh, the left, the, the crazies that we're living under right now, scream hypocrisy at Christians all the time. You know, you, you get the Christian leader who, oh, okay, falls into sexual sin, and boom, hypocrisy. They're always, they've always got their antenna out for hypocrisy. But the ultimate hypocrisy is their own, you know, calling out hypocrisy but not their own. We can't have, we can't look at Governor Newsom, you know, not wearing a mask, but calling for masks, or Fauci, or Biden, or anybody else. The, the hypocrisy on the, of, of hypocrisy <laughs> is, is that it's, only, it's all one-sided. Just like tolerance. You know, the tolerance only works in one direction. And if you're tolerant of everything, you're actually tolerant of nothing. And it's and vice versa. It it just doesn't work. It, these words are meaningless. Hmm. To the to the uh, to the idea of power, Joel. Um, as soon as you point out the, the the dynamics of the COVID thing and say it's all about power, nine times out of ten, somebody comes up with, uh, uh, well, oh, you think it's a grand conspiracy. And so the only way that could happen would be if there's one person at the top telling everybody what to do. In reality, the reason we have this whole mess with COVID is because it's a perfect opportunity for anybody that wants to be a tyrant to be a tyrant. Anybody. Anyone. A any, everybody listening to this podcast yeah. has been in a situation yeah, yes, where, where somebody told them what to do based mm -hmm. on COVID. Yeah. It, where you work, I, I almost guarantee that there's somebody who's the policeman that, that goes around trying to find somebody that's not following the rules. Mm. So you don't need a grand conspiracy. You've got millions of people out there with, an, with this uh, wicked impulse to control other people, and it's the perfect opportunity for them to do it. It lives inside us. I've yeah. been saying for years that uh, we, we're on the cusp of, uh, of Nazi Germany, 
you know, that things were really reminding me of Germany in the 30s. Uh, it, it, and this is, you know, five, 10 years ago. And people would look at me, so what are you talking about? And I said, well, think about this. How many people would line up to get a job as the local building inspector? And why? So they can tell you what to do. Mm. People stand in line to get on zoning boards mm. so they can tell you what to do. Right. It's, you know, people love doing that. Yeah. It's just, our, it's our nature. Yeah. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, people, I'm, from, from the from the least to the greatest, we're all many tyrants now. Of course, and we have and and those are the tyrants. But now we also have the new the new priesthood, which is the medical community. They're the new priesthood. Oh, sure. Right. You know, they're they're like, oh, you know, uh, you know, I, you got to listen to me because oh, I got a degree, right? You know, you, you just looked on Google, so you know, I, I, I'm the new I'm the new administrator of the sacraments. You know, I, and and I have seen people on Facebook, and that's how they that's how they act. They're like, well, you know, I'm. Well, they just it, say it out out loud. Yeah. The, the front line heroes. Yeah. Yeah. The front line heroes. Right. The keeping line keeping heroes. us alive. Don't yeah. You know. Keeping us. We don't be dead. And they're all there making their TikTok videos in the hospital, yeah. Yeah. right? And and you know. Uh, but this this idea of like I'm the new priest and the new priestess. I've seen people with this attitude of like you know everyone and and, and they, they 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 treat it like they are a pastor or like a priest and they're talking to a bunch of congregants. You know oh everyone mask and social distance. You know you got to listen to me now. You know because I'm I'm the new I'm the new administrator of all the sacraments. Okay and you got to listen to me now and 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 I take my orders from someone who's higher than me. So you know you got it comes all the way from the top. Right, and they make it, but they're making it up as they go. Um, my wife was telling me just last Neil night. Neil Ferguson. Yeah. There's a classic. Oh my goodness. My yeah. wife was telling me just last night. Uh, uh, an acquaintance of hers got the, uh, the the jab, right? Yeah. And had the reactions: the fever, the chills, the bone aching, the, all the nine. And it's good she didn't get COVID. Good thing, right? <laughs> That's right. And an RN acquaintance of this person who's having the reaction says, oh, well, that shows that you had it in you, and now the vaccine's doing its job. Oh, my goodness. Now, that's just, that's just made up, <laughs> right? And, and the woman was telling my wife, well, you know, she's an RN. She, you know, she's telling me that this was, you know, I was in jeopardy. Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You can't think for yourself. I mean, come on. It's, oh my word! And this is, you know, this isn't even a typical vaccine where there's, it, but nonetheless, not the nonsense that's going on and being promoted. And you, like you said, the priestess, you know, the people they might as well be wearing white gowns and yeah, and hats. It may as yeah. well be a temple. Yeah. The hospitals Absolutely. may as well be temples. Absolutely, you know, I, to, and to go and get cleansed. Yeah, to go and get cleansed. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm just wondering when they're going to start chopping off people's heads and throwing them down the pyramid steps. I mean, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Well, I think I think they're doing that now because I believe that this this quote unquote vaccination is frankly deadly, and I've seen some information that uh, tells me that it's being suppressed. When we don't know the long term effects, when when you're told something this foolish, well, there's no long term effects of this vaccination. When there's been no long term at all, you know somebody's like seriously lying to you. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, but but again, to your point, John, you've made this point before. Um, Hey, you know, the critical thinking, you made it before, it's, it's just done. Yeah. It's, it's just, think about it. Okay, somebody tells you in a white coat, Luke, that there's no long-term effects. We haven't had a long-term, and we just believe the dude. Right. Right? 
How does he know those low long-term effects? But that's where we are. I mentioned Neil Ferguson, a little clarification on that. He was from London's Imperial College and uh, predicted, made wild predictions about uh, deadly effects of COVID, had to revise them down by 25 times. And uh, I don't know, is the dude even fired yet? By the way, he was, uh, he, he, he was talking about social distancing. Then he got caught with somebody else's wife. Again, a slave of corruption, mm -hmm. what Peter says. That's who we're listening to. He yeah. is one of the original guys. Yeah. We are listening to slaves of corruption. We have the Bible. I was just talking to a friend of mine. He was just saying, hey, we don't, read, we don't read anymore. And I'm convinced we seriously don't read the Bible. Even if you've got your little fish on the back of your, uh, back of your, your, your uh, car. Uh, did you yeah. notice? Oh. Did you notice when... Uh do you remember when uh, they noticed that Ferguson's model was off by a factor of 25 to 1, and we were headed down the road with all these restrictions and everything? Dr. Burks announced it, that, that, the, the, that it was off by that much, and nothing changed. They, they suddenly discovered that the data they were using was off by a factor of 25 to 1, but it didn't change the policy. Man, that's worse than uh, the... the, the, than the meteorologist uh, guys don't for, don't forget by that much it's off by 25 to 1 based on still faulty uh, assumptions assumptions yeah. numbers that yeah. no these people actually died from covid no which, which tells you it was never about health no it was not about that these are masks of submission yeah, yeah. That's, that's the, the, the arguments we make against what's going on we're, we're using their numbers which yeah. we don't even believe right uh, yeah. and it, even then the, the arguments are, are 50 times stronger if you if you understand the fact that, that we're using their bad numbers yeah yeah, yeah. that's that is true i'm, I'm telling you I, I, again, the, the, this great frustration for me is not the unbelievers. Why is it that believers, why is it that pastors cannot lead their con congregations here? Why is it that we're still back talking about, I, I mean, hey, sanctification is great. There's all kinds of wonderful uh, doctrine there. But Hebrews talks about like moving on. And can we move on to talk yeah. about what the Bible has to say about an entire country being taken over by a communist takeover here by a communist coup and if you care at all about your brothers and sisters isn't the greatest commandment love the lord your god and your neighbor as yourself i would say your neighbors begin with your family and other believers we are in the midst of a communist coup takeover here that has murdered millions of your brothers and sisters in christ and who cares yeah but as long as they keep us focused on the nazis you know, yeah, the, the, the real bad guys. The, the real, the real bad guys. You know, who killed six million people versus the uh, communists, which is like a hundred million people. The real bad guys are the Nazis. Yeah, you know, as long and, as I'm not a fascist. And, and I really encourage people to read Solzhenitsyn, uh, you know, the Gulag Archipelago, because he makes those kind of comparisons. Yeah. He he makes the point that the Nazis did not use the weren't even close to the torture methods of the uh, of of the communists. But who cares? Right. I'll tell you who cares. The people who are in charge to keep that in charge of our information, and McCarthy was right. <laughs> Can I say it publicly? We have we had communists then. We certainly have them now. And who but a communist would stand by while people's businesses are being burned down and ruined? That's communist stuff right there. Yeah. Karl Marx was all about that kind of a thing, and they're everywhere now. But the the, the I'm telling you right now, the Nazis, bad as they were, I have a whole lot bigger problems with the international socialists than the national socialists. Yeah, it's true. That's true. 
To be clear, this is not an endorsement of the third one. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's it's not, John. It, it truly is not. But, but it's, we, we it's, always have to worry when somebody It's gets, going to be spun that way. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, it totally is. It, by it, people who have – it will be spun by – by people who have no problem with what the communists did at all. We, yeah. And, right. and th- that's who it's going to be. And we have by. this in, in, in front of us right now with this whole thing where the, the actress was canceled. Yes. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Because she mentioned, sorry, she mentioned the Holocaust in relationship to yeah. Republicans. Right. And somehow or another that denigrates the victims of the Holocaust. I, yeah. But she was simply making a, a, a out and out comparison. It's but be based on that, you know that this podcast is gonna be spun that we're endorsing Nazi Germany. Oh right. sure, that's what people yeah. Well, yeah. 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 As soon as you have white skin, you're endorsing Nazi well, Germany to them. Here we go. And white supremacy and all yeah, that. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, that's 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 what it's become now. Yeah. If you're born in the world and you have white skin, you are a Nazi. Yeah. I, I've know? recently found out that I've been a white supremacist all my life. Because I was born white. Because you're born white. Yeah, because yeah. you're born white. Well, I mean, the Third Reich was, was doomed to fail because everyone knows it's three Reichs and you're out. Oh, f- thanks an awful lot. <laughs> you can cut this right now. <laughs> John, what do you got for us this week? Well, it's it's along the same lines. I mean, here we go. Um, last time we talked about critical thinking and where is the critical thinking. And, and this is kind of a uh, continuation of that. You know, uh, Jim and I were... were just talking last week about why is it that in March last year we looked at this COVID thing and said, "Well, this is this is ridiculous. It's, this has got to be a hoax." And and here we are a year later, and and we're saying, well, "Why why did we know that? Why is it that we knew that?" And and a friend of yours, you said you asked him that same question, and, and he came right back at you, and he said, "Well, it's because you have the mind of Christ." Well, that's a, that's a great answer. Thank you, Graham. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Graham. And, um, you know, when I, I came to Christianity very late in life, I was in my 40s, um, but one of the great appeals to me when I finally understood, when my eyes had been opened, is that Christianity deals with reality. And you, you cannot get away from that. Over and over, no, this is not a man-made book because men would not write the uh, uncomplimentary things about themselves that are written down in the Bible. Uh, it, it deals with the reality of our, of our depraved nature and everything else. Um, and, you know, Lord help me, but uh, <laughs> from time to time, uh, <clears throat> I find that some really wicked people have great quotes, uh, like you know, um, Oscar Wilde uh, was a wicked man, but he's uh, he was famous for saying, "I can resist anything except temptation." Hmm. Well, you know that's that's the human condition, isn't it? Yeah. And and when we get to this reality thing, there's a quote by another wicked man that I go to, Woody Allen. Who I won't watch his movies on principle now, uh, because he's a wicked man. But he has a quote. It says, "I'm not crazy about reality, but it's still the only place to get a decent meal." <laughs> and you know, doesn't that just nail it? Is it? Isn't that what we're living in right now? 
We, we, we're not dealing with reality. People are they're changing words around. Uh, we, we, like we talked about hypocrisy and tolerance already today. Um, you even heard immunity. Um, the WHO changed the definition of that for yes, us. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I think they changed the definition of bigot too. I think bigot has been been changed. Yeah, I think they put my picture up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, uh, my wife has a, a, a podcast and then she does women's ministry and she follows a, a lot of other uh, other ministries and. Recently, she came across a uh, an article about a, a a woman's ministry that has uh, abandoned or or banned perhaps the word mentoring, and they've done so because the the word mentoring implies that somebody in that relationship has, is more knowledgeable than the other. Well, I mean, think about that for a second. <laughs> What, is there any reality involved? Can, can, we, can we please ban government schools at the same time? Well, I was thinking on the same basis. Teachers, right. pupils, learning—you know—things they can't mean. Right. What Ma- master? What, master. There's a bad one. Yes. That's being banned all over the place. Uh, it reminds me. Uh, we have an old friend um, who was in the banking industry, and he was a, a great people person and a, a great personality. And he was in training because of his people skills. He was training tellers and, and people who were uh, dealing with the public. And now this is, this is 15 years ago, was told by his bank to, he was not allowed to use the word challenge anymore. Because, challenge. yes, because if you challenge somebody, you're correcting them. Or if you're facing a challenge, it means that perhaps you're not capable. So they weren't allowed to use the word challenge because it was too challenging, I suppose. And if I can use that word, it, the Orwell comes to mind, right? Yeah. The, the a- Animal Farm and 1984. Another pagan that's uh, An, right on so many things. But he was he had it nailed. If you can attack the language, you can attack the reality. And so it, just to close the circle here with, uh, you know, at Mars we try to put up uh, commentary on our, on our blog. And uh, I just was attempting to write an article last week or a week before about this, about the idea of propaganda. And I'm writing and writing, writing and thinking, wait a minute, who's going to listen to me about mm-hmm. propaganda? Let's, there, there must be some quotes out here by Joseph Goebbels, right? Uh, who was a, a brilliant but evil man who was the chief propagandist for the uh, Third Reich. And Got a lot uh, of people killed. Got a lot of people killed, and mm-hmm. and he was a true believer. But he understood, it, it, he understood propaganda. He understood how people hear, and how people react. And so I, I would encourage uh, anybody listening to this uh, to this podcast to uh, go take a look at our blog uh, about these quotes from Goebbels. Um, but what's what's really interesting is the second one in that post says this, propaganda works best when those who are being manipulated are confident 
they are acting on their own free will. Mm. Wow. And so the trap, the prison that we're living in, is one of propaganda in our minds. And the reason that we didn't fall into the COVID trap was because we read our Bibles. Hmm. And so the, the answer to a lot of this, and you've, you've already touched on this, the answer to a lot of this is that we need to have a hunger for the Word of God, which is true. And so when we recognize truth over and over and over by handling truth, then we'll know the counterfeit when we see it. Hmm. Uh, my sister was a teller uh, at a bank for years, and um, the first thing they did when they were teaching them uh, about looking for counterfeits is they never, ever showed them a counterfeit. You only ever handled the good stuff, the real stuff, because a counterfeit will just pop out as soon as, as you handle it because you're handling real money all the time, mm-hmm. real currency. And that's, let's be <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Different topic. All the fiat currency all the time. All the all the truckers listening to this just lost their minds, man. (laughs) They all just lost their minds. So anyway, it's just an encouragement. Uh, I would encourage anybody to just read the Bible, read it, read it, read it, and love it, and hunger for it, and and immerse yourself in it, so that the propaganda pops out. Yeah, and, and treat it like it's actually the Word of God, and 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 stop doing. Stop doing that stupid, well, Jesus never said crap. I am so sick of that nonsense. Jesus never said. And the same people the same people will go turn around and say, well, Jesus did this. Well, Jesus never did that, so that means I can do ABC. It's just it's another thing that, that people can use to justify whatever they want to. I was just on a discussion on Facebook the other day. Well, Jesus never said. Jesus never said that. And I said, where did Jesus ever say that you can't rebel against... Uh, government you know because 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 she was going back to the well jesus never said and jesus never said and 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 she was silent she couldn't tell me jesus never said don't thou shalt not rebel against the government so it means i guess i can right rest of the bible who cares right yeah jerks well that's what we're up against um i, I had a had a conversation recently with a with a young man who asked me that question the question why don't we have anything that jesus wrote and um and then I, I've heard that from unbelievers before, like, well, he didn't write anything, so we can doubt everything. And my response was, well, I believe he did, actually. Uh, we know the Ten Commandments were written by the finger of God. I think that was Christ. Okay, but you mean when he was in here in, in the flesh? And, and I said to him, I said, you know what? I said, don't we already have enough problems with the words of Christ in red? Can you imagine if we had something written by Jesus, then, then the rest of the, of the scripture would be, would be useless. That's true. And people are shocked when I say this, but it's actually true that Balaam's donkey's words were every bit the word of God, every bit as much as the Sermon on the Mount. Hmm. It all comes from the same source. Hmm. And if you don't believe that, now you yourself have become a judge of scripture. Scripture no longer judges you. Now you judge Scripture. No wonder we have so much uh, um, politically correct, so so much a BLM nonsense in the church. Because in the church we have become. Once you say, "Well, I just believe what Jesus said," at that moment you have now become a judge of the Scriptures. Well, are you even Trinitarian? What are you? At that, you're, at that point. you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. At that point, you at are. Because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can't write anything worth, worth, worth that, that judges me. I'm now judging the Holy Spirit. 
dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Dangerous. And where's the sovereignty of God? And it, 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 it's been replaced by the sovereignty of man. Oh man, <laughs> me, the sovereignty of me. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what that's what definitely has has replaced it for sure. Jim, what do you got for us this week? I want to talk about something that's uh, pretty much a nuts and bolts type of thing. It's not real theological or philosophical, although everything has a theological component to it. But I got a, a, a private message from somebody a few weeks ago. It was, it was uh, one of those things that's forwarded, and it was to the effect of uh, we need to stop Congress from uh, passing laws that don't apply to themselves, and they're, they're overpaid, and blah, 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 all this stuff. Uh, all of which I agreed with, all of which is a good cause, and, uh, but I, may, maybe not uh, the top of our priority list. But then I looked a little closer, and, and the suggestion was for a Article 5 constitutional convention to address the, uh, address the issue, basically change the Constitution to, con, to con. Uh, a con-con to, uh, to, to accomplish that. <laughs> Thankfully, I, I, I was I, I saw that same guy that same night, and uh, I I responded to his post and and I said, uh, you know, this is all a good cause, but please understand that it's calling for an Article Five Constitutional Convention, and I said I've personally spent time in the Capitol in Harrisburg talking to our state representatives specifically to stop this sort of a thing. It's a very dangerous. Uh, it's a very dangerous path. Um, if you open up the uh, the Constitution to a constitutional convention, they will destroy it. And they will claim that that's not true. It is true. It's something we need to be aware of. Um, and I, I, I know all the arguments about the flaws and problems with our Constitution and and I... I You're just on the wrong wrong track. When you're talking about the flaws of the Constitution and not talk about the flaws of humanity, yeah, and, and yeah. wicked, wicked people, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you really think you're going to fix people with your by by uh, crossing your eyes and dotting, you know, crossing your T's, dotting your eyes, right? Just just that, fix yeah. the Constitution, yeah. and everything will be all right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, it, say what you want about the Constitution; it's not perfect, but it's all we've got. And, and if we don't stick by it, uh, we're, we're, we're I, I believe, headed down a dangerous path. Um, this movement to have an Article Five Constitutional Convention takes all sorts of forms. It's usually brought up with relation to uh, two things. One is um, term limits, and and the other one is uh, slips my mind right now. But it 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 has a veneer of good intentions. It's supported by people like Michael Ferris of the, uh, the, the homeschool group, HSLDA. Um, he's been confronted about that and, and doesn't change his position. As far as I know, he hasn't changed it. Uh, it's, it's supported by a lot of conservative-looking groups and people. If you look into it, it's well-funded, it has paid lobbyists, and it keeps coming back and coming back, and you beat it down and here and it comes back there. There are powerful people trying to force a constitutional convention, and that is absolutely disastrous. 
So I just wanted to bring that up here because yeah. I know that uh, I know that many of our listeners are are well informed and politically active, and this is something to be on the lookout for. Jim, it seems it, it seems to me that the the Constitution is almost a dead letter now. I mean, nobody really abides by it. The, the Supreme Court reinterprets it to, as we've talked about, reinterpreting words like mentoring. Um, that they, they, they've changed it around. But what a constitutional convention would do is give a veneer of legitimacy yes. to the abandonment of the Constitution. Yes. Whereas now we're abandoning it, but it's illegitimate and yes. seen as such. Yes. Uh, it, that's my yeah. view on that. And yeah. that, do, that does bother people. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about um, that type of thing, John. I was thinking about tyrants and how they want to be seen as legitimate. Um, they, they, they just do. They're wicked murderers. And the guy I was thinking about, I want to do a sermon on this, was that uh, ghastly guy Abimelech, um, who uh, the Book of Judges is a great book because it deals with tyrants from the outside and also tyrants from the inside. And you can have tyrants on the inside. And Abimelech was an Israelite. He was a son of Gideon who had delivered the uh, people from, from Midian. And um, then Abimelech, Gideon had, not Abimelech. Abimelech becomes a tyrant on his own, right? And it's kind of an interesting thing, a detail that's, that's put in there because he, he, he's wicked. He's a murderer. He's oppressing everybody. What happens is he gets too close to the wall and a woman dumps a rock on his head and just about kills him, right? But he says before he dies, you guys kill me. I don't want anybody to think of me as being killed by a woman. Okay? You are a murderous, wicked, hell-bound, worthless person. And yet, you still hang on to this. You still want to be seen as a good person. And we, we cannot emphasize this enough. And I, I want to go back to what John said and, and bring this in what you said too there, Jim. We need to read the Bible. If, if we think that we can fix man by tinkering with the Constitution and not fixing man by the Word of God, we will always make things worse, even while we're congratulating ourselves on how we've made things better. That is, that is the, the, the wickedness here of man. And you know what? I, I want to go back to Peter here just briefly because Peter puts his finger right on it here. He says, he said, for when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped uh, fr from those who live in error. In, in other words, Peter's saying people have lust problems already. And people with lust problems, with wicked sin problems, they're the ones who can get carried away with lies. When the liars come to those people, they appeal to their lusts. And I was reading um, uh, Matthew Henry on this, and Matthew Henry made a point. He said, you know, people who are wicked have an advantage that we don't have. They can appeal to the lustful desires that people have inside. And I would actually say we have that going on here with this whole con-con thing. Because seriously, if you are not looking at the wickedness within man and think that the fix is comes with outside of man, you have you, you there's a you, you've got some kind of a problem there in, in your own head in your right, own mind. Right, and, and something's a, wrong. A parallel to that is that that as John pointed out, the people who are calling for a constitutional convention and the people that they're trying to correct don't follow the constitution anyway. So why are you talking about changing the Constitution to rein in people who aren't following it? You're already a liar. 
this yeah, is yeah. this is a it's, problem here. This yeah. is a huge problem. And and again, yeah. the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. Read the Bible, understand it. John, I love what you said earlier. Who who would have written the Bible the way what it has to say about people? It's it's completely uncomplimentary. <laughs> And yet, it's actually true, and it's the only answer that we possibly have here. I, it's beyond just read the Bible. I, 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 I stop telling people to read the Bible and say read your Bible because most I, I think a lot of people do. Uh, I don't say most of them. I think a lot of people do, but when they read it, they don't view it as God's word. I, you know, it's the, a sovereignty issue. Yeah, the Catholics read read the Bible too. Um, a lot of times when I bring up these stories, a lot of people, not all of them, um, but some of them actually know what I'm talking about. Like oh, I know that story. But they just never viewed it as it being a divinely inspired story that I can take application from. Or vital or important. Or vital or important. Or, or trustworthy. Right? <laughs> you're, you're, you know, it's you're, just, you're, you know, I mean, I, I don't tell people, hey, you know, read your Bible. I, I'd say, read your Bible, and for crying out loud, believe what it says. Apply it. Apply it. Apply it. Apply it. There's every There's... single chapter you can get application from. And I've seen much godly, righteous men get unbelievable application from the smallest verse. Talking to Martin Celebrity for five minutes, you know, do not despise the day of small things. And I'm like, what the heck was that in the Bible? What's in there? You know, and, um, you know, they that shall be of thee shall build, right? You never hear that one quoted, but that's that's a really obscure verse that's buried in some sort of minor prophet somewhere. And, and Martin, he actually read it, he believed it, and then he applied it. You know, for people, I, they, I say read the Bible, and they are. A lot of them are reading their Bibles, but it's just a story to them. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't go any further than that. You go back to the Puritans. What's, what's the name of that? Uh, Moses, servant of God. Died. Oh, yeah. Moses, my servant, is dead. Is dead. You're right, right. A Puritan wrote this whole sermon. Or, on a Puritan wrote a sermon. Oh, really? It goes on for like two hours. <laughs> that's yeah. great. Oh, that's classic. Yeah. yeah. To Joshua. It was, I think, the first thing he said to Joshua. I read a Spurgeon sermon once uh, about just the lily of the valley. The lily of the valley. It was a whole sermon, whole sermon about the lily of the valley, and he got unbelievable application. And he was getting like the lily; it's it's white, therefore it's pure. It's it's it's. Uh, there's lots of lilies. This means it's easily accessible. It's sweet. So, and he was just like getting all this unbelievable application out of the lily of the freaking valley. I was like, wow, that's great. By the way, uh, to, just to finish up a thought that I started and, and and didn't finish on my little story. Sorry, it had a happy ending. Ah, it had a happy ending. A, a Facebook discussion with a happy ending. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. The guy, the guy who sent me the message, I saw him that night. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I said to him, I, I didn't mean to jump all over what you said, but I really needed to point that out. You know what he said? He said, "No, no, that's all right. Thanks a lot for pointing that out. I didn't realize that." Mm. When was wow. the last time oh you heard somebody goodness. say that? <laughs> no. He said, that, that, made, heard that, that made my day. He didn't say it through his it mask. Made my day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> no, no, he did not have a mask. Okay, that makes me feel better. <laughs> Dad, were you going to read something from? Let's say, well, on that point, um, from, from Dostoevsky, this idea of reading and, to your point, understanding, applying the Bible. Um, the guy who writes the forward in the uh, book in, in the um, in, in the copy that I have, he is um, a, a Russian a Russian guy. His name is Manuel Com- Manuel Komarov. He says this about Dostoevsky, and, and I want to I want to point this out because it's already been pointed out today from you you, know, you gentlemen that oftentimes unbelieving people can identify the problem. What we're saying today is only the Bible and the application thereof, the Word of God can identify the solution. And it's funny because this the one who writes this forward recognizes that. 
He recognizes Dostoevsky as being able to really articulate the problem. And then he says, but he does he, he basically says he doesn't have the answer, and that's what makes the book good. So let, let, I, I, just, I just... Oh, wow. Oh, my I, goodness. I, I'm going to read this to you. Um, this, this is... Uh, um, uh, Dostoevsky's forward, uh, per, writing the forward here. He says, The theme and philosophy of the brothers Karamazov, that's the name of Dostoevsky's book, of course, occupied Dostoevsky's mind for many years. In a letter to a friend, he writes, The chief problem dealt with throughout this particular work is the very one which has, my whole life long, tormented my conscious and subconscious being, the question of the existence of God. Now, that's the end of that quote. Now, uh, Karmoff writes this, what if God does not exist? Then for Dostoevsky, the world is nothing but a, quote, vaudeville of devils, this is from Dostoevsky, and all things are lawful, even crime. Okay, now that's that to me sounds like really serious good writing here. That's what the good writers do. They deal with these kind of big problems. That's good literature. But Karmoff goes on to say this, or Kamroff, excuse me, he says this, he says, the very inc inconclusiveness of the book and its ideas, which remain unsolved, seems to add power to the story and the reader becomes deeply involved in the emotions and philosophy. In other words, Dostoevsky is tremendous at raising the question, flat out admitted by the one writing the foreword that he can't answer them. And once again, as believers in Christ and in his word, yeah. we know where to go for the answers. Yes. But the statement, all things are lawful, even crime, doesn't make any sense. Because it, what's crime if yeah. all things are lawful? Right. right. I don't, you can't even have law. Well, right. you can't have crime. Right. Right, because there's no, there's no anti-law here. Right. Yeah. Right. I, don't, I don't even know what he's trying to say. Yeah, well, I, I guess Dost in, in the book, as I've understood it, I've not read the book. I'm, I'm reading it now. Um, apparently, throughout the book, that, that there's really wicked people, as we would say, wicked people. In it, I, I find it intriguing that the um, the wicked father in the beginning of the book has the same first name as the first name of the um, of the writer of the novel, and he points out, John, that his first crime is crimes against his family. Mm -hmm. Which tells me Dostoevsky understands an awful lot, but to your point, John, if he cannot, if, if he has no standard, which is what I think you're saying. That's exactly it. If there's if, no standard, then how can you possibly say he's a bad guy? If we don't have an ultimate law, an, uh, an unchanging standard by which we can judge things, then when you say all things are lawful, even crime, that's crime according to you. Right. You've, you've stolen my wife. Yes. It's maybe maybe the contradiction was his point. Maybe it, it's possible. I have to I have to read the book, but the the point that's being made here once again is that without a standard, you can't even use terms like right, wrong, yeah. sin, crime, yeah. Yeah. steal, right, constitution. Oh, they 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 use them, but they yeah. just. They don't. They don't. Uh, they don't use them consistently. They're, they're, they can't use them consistently. Right. They're, they're, cannot be used consistently. Whatever they mean at the time. Their actions are divorced from their worldview, and you, that should never happen. You know, you have to step outside of your actions and preach to us from our ivory tower when you say there's no such thing as right or wrong. But then you go back to your life and you're living like there's right and wrong. So nobody lives like that. It's ridiculous. When we understand that that God cannot do wrong because God is the sovereign of the universe, 
and that everything that he does is allowed because he's God. Everything that he says is law because he's God. Then when we say that, oh, well, the president is acting as though he's God, he then, if that's actually true, doesn't believe he can do anything wrong. And that's when we look at our Congress critters, that's what we see. Yeah. They're acting as if everything they do is correct. Even if on day one they do something and on day two they do the exact opposite. Well, because they're God, it's correct. Mm. And that's where the hypocrisy goes out the window because you can't be hypocrite if you're God and that's everything true. you do is right. Yeah. And these famous atheists, they attack God, right, because he's, he's arbitrary and so forth. Wait, wait till you get man God. You don't like God, God? Wait till you get man, man. God and see how you like that. And yeah. if you destroy truth, you destroy the idea of truth, everything just falls apart. If, if nothing is true, then there's no way to act. Yeah, you, you get like your, your basic philosophy professor at your state university, government-supported state university, you know, saying exactly, there's no such thing as truth, right? You, you, you wait till that guy goes in and buys a pack of cigarettes at 7-Eleven, right? And let the clerk give him the wrong change and find out how fast he believes in truth. <laughs> like I said, the, the divorce from their actions. For, for my selection this week, I've, I've, I've been so frustrated reading how many, how many conservative, let alone Christians, but how many conservative people are calling for the schools to be opened? Don't you realize, you conservative people, that the enemy to everything that you believe in, much of which we agree with you that should be conserved, is being taught at these schools? And you want to get them open again? What is your problem? I mean, like, people are like, open the schools, open the schools. I don't care. I'm willing to pay these teachers to stay away from the children. That's how concerned I am. Yes, give them tax money. Let them live off the fat of the land and keep them away from teaching our children. And, and then people are like, you have this big problem. Well, they're being paid to do nothing. Hallelujah. Yes. That, Thank that's you. That's the definition of most bureaucrats, right? Paid yes. To do nothing. If oh, they would Lord. all do nothing. If they would all do nothing. And, and people are saying, you know, we got to open up the schools. Biden won't open up the schools. I'm like, you, you, you fools. This is great news. Where do you think these kids are learning how to be communists and woke social justice warriors? College? I assure you, it's not college. It's right at your stupid elementary school, right down the street that you walk little Susie to. I just can't. I, I'm just so shocked at the call to own oh, the frustration that our schools aren't open. Like, what in the world do you think is going on there? It shows the ignorance of the conservatives. And, and, and many of the Christians are like, eh, open up the schools again. I'm like, oh, my word, if they stay closed from now to eternity. Oh, and, and, and it's true. They're still being taught distance, distance learning. But it's easier to spot the nonsense when you live in your house and you're more connected to reality rather than that school bubble out there where everyone agrees and nods their heads like a bunch of chickens. And uh, yes, yes, yeah, everything you say, yes, true, correct. Uh, you know, but in your house, it's to get a little more to dose of reality with mom and dad sitting around going, what? That's what you look. What? And more connected. A little more connected. I, I, I'm still not happy that they're distance learning. I wish there was no learning going on. 
you know, um, in, in, in that sense because no public curriculum, no public learning. curriculum learning because it's not learning, it's indoctrination. Yes. And and if everyone shut off their computers and didn't learn anything uh, from those people, I'm happy about that. You can learn a whole lot more by sticking around your house from your from your mom and your dad and your sis, brothers and sisters and just I don't know being a child, which which is something. Hey, conservatives, they don't want your child to be a child. They want them to be a woke social justice warrior that doesn't know if it's a boy or girl. All right, that's what they want. And and the more your child, a newsflash, the more your child stays away from that, the better this country's gonna be. So why are they sending their kids to the public school? In the first place, babysitting. I mean, it's it. The, the same frustration has to apply. We have a, a we have a mutual friend who preaches in his church to his people. If you send your child to a public school, you're going to be disciplined in my church. Hmm. We need more pastors yeah. to say that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, we do. Well, well, one of the things that Solzhenitsyn would bring up again and again would say we didn't, you know, how how did the Russia, you know, because the communist revolution started in Russia, it didn't end there. Uh, we're still experiencing it today, but that's where it, that's where it started, at least the modern form of it. The ideas of it formed, of course, prior to that. But Solzhenitsyn will say we don't, we didn't love freedom enough. And I would argue that if you are sending your children, you know. Proverbs says, go from the presence of a foolish man when you do not perceive in him the words of knowledge. That should be all we need to get our children out of government schools. Hmm. Go from the presence of a foolish man. Hmm. Uh, Psalm 1, blesses a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Does that not describe government schools? Yeah. And I get it. Some of you will never listen to this podcast again, but you will listen. But you will send your child to the public school, or the government school, and there'll be a lot of listening going on there. Yeah, absolutely will. So the the point that we, we want to make on this is God has actually told us what to do when it comes to foolishness. We're not supposed to be involved in it. Yeah. And, yeah. and John asked the question: Why are you sending your your, your children there? Well. This is how we've been faked out. Again, we don't love freedom. We, we, we don't. We, we just don't. So here's what we've done. We've, um, you know, we're, the taxes go up and up, right? And inflation, the, the money supply has increased. So our purchasing power goes down and down. And so you know what? Instead of confronting the real problem, what do we do? Oh, I have a plan. Let's send my wife out to work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's a plan, and now we have to send our ch children off to the free school right. that we're paying for anyway. Yeah. We don't love freedom enough. We don't understand that these people are enslaving us, enslaving our wives, and enslaving our families. We don't love freedom. And so off to the government school with you, and you're going to lose all your freedom. You can be sure of that, the tenth, and, and we are. The tenth plank of the Communist Manifesto. It is. Yeah. It is. Right. Application for us. Uh, Okay, give us that tenth blank. I'm sorry. Free, oh, free oh, okay. public education for children. Oh. Free compulsory, yeah, education. Isn't that good? That's free compulsory education. <laughs> yeah. And we sit around like like bobblehead dollar, you know, like that stupid alone together thing uh, that they oh, got yeah, yeah, yeah. Alone, yeah. Together. Yeah. alone together. Yeah, George Orwell would be like jealous. But anyway. Um, you were saying no. I, I was just going to throw out some practical application here. Uh, if you're a Christian homeschooler, it's a perfect time to 
evangelize for your program, encourage your mm -hmm. friends to do the same. If you're involved in a Christian school, it's a perfect time to build your school. Get these kids out of the uh, public schools into yours and uh, go from there. Yeah. yeah. I, stay away from the public uh, uh, curriculum. Yeah. That I, um, yes. I, I, yes. I shared a, a post recently that said um, conservatism, conservatism is the uh, – is the is the idea that um, uh, a man send sends his son to public school, and then when his son grows up and starts ruining the country, writes a blog about how terrible America is? And I was like, yeah, that's, true. That's, that's true. That's true. That, that is. That, yeah, that's that, true. And I think it's I think it's interesting. I I, I keep telling this story, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on telling it. But the uh, the first state school that you find in the Bible is in the book of da uh, Daniel when. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel uh, show up, or they, I mean, there wasn't their names yet, but show up to Nebuchadnezzar's state-funded school, free compulsory education. We're going to get all the best and brightest youths in one area, and we're just going to control what they learn. And the homeschoolers who show up are, before they learn anything, already the smartest and the wisest <laughs> right when they walk through the freaking door. And they didn't do any of the schooling yet, and they're already smarter than everybody in there. Right. And and I just wonder to, you know, this goes back to not only read the Bible, but for crying out loud, believe it, Dad, because the the idea that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, Christians just don't believe. They don't believe that. They full disclosure, Christians don't believe that at all. They, that is one of the most ignored and unbelieved verses in the entire Bible. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. Go off to public school and just completely ignore that verse. Don't apply it. Don't believe it. Yeah, it's good for like philosophy maybe, but that verse is just – its just people do not believe that that verse is true, people and no one confronts them on it. No, but people don't fear the Lord, and it gets back to this idea of the sovereignty. If God is sovereign, you better fear him. If, if he's not, you don't have to. You can be safely ignored. Yeah. 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 And that's the way we've we've grown up. Yeah, it's what the churches have told us. You know, come here on Sundays, give us yeah. your ties. Yeah, see you next Sunday. Yeah, I want to jump on that meme though a little bit. That that meme is saying a lot more than what we think. It, it it's really true. We have we have, and, and and you know what? Our enemies know this. Our 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 political and cultural enemies, and we do have political and cultural enemies. By the way, I loved um, Matt Truella, Pastor Matt Truella. He, he preached a sermon recently on the judgment of worthless men, right? And a little bit of a little bit of a of a rabbit trail here, but not much, right? And then he went on to say how that uh, he gets he gets chastised by churchmen, right, by calling people worthless, right? And his re response is, "It's in the you know the B I B L E. They have a term for worthless men, and that guy Abimelech." That we mentioned earlier gathered around him yeah worthless worthless men, men right and these are church men no wonder we're in such trouble these Did, are pastors didn't david do the same thing say doesn't it doesn't he use the same no, thing absalom no, no absalom did that david did not david i thought he, david, i thought he gathered worthless worthless no, men around him. david gathered around him men who ha, ha, were actually kicked off their properties because they couldn't pay the taxes uh, okay that's, I, I wasn't that's, sure if it said worthless. Th those are worthwhile men okay these are, these, are, <laughs> these are the good guys here it's the worthless men that threw him off because Saul gathered himself yeah. around himself, uh, worthless men. But the, the, the point, the point being this: 
which I, um, again, want to seriously emphasize, is that if you, if, if you don't understand that the only way you can build is, to your point, uh, Luke, through the fear of the Lord, the very beginning of wisdom, if you ignore that, but you're still conservative, our cultural enemies know that time is on their side. Mm -hmm. Because, like Machen said, if you give the bureaucrats the children, you might as well give them everything else because they're going to get it anyway. And so it's nice to have an older generation of conservative people, but you know what? You're giving it away if your children are in the government schools. And I, you know, and hey, you know what? I can get along with the government schools somewhat. I, I, we, we can get along. How about if we do this? Because I have people say this all the time. Hey, Joel, well, well my teacher's a Christian. And I say, no, no, your teacher's not a Christian when he's up there teaching nonsense. He's teaching like a fool. Because the fool has said in his heart there is no God. And your child in that government school is being taught that there's no God. So the teachers are acting as fools. So here's the deal. I'll tell you what. How about we do this? How about instead of you expensive teachers... You know, my, my, you know, when we had, we had a homeschool and it was a challenge, you know, you had to wash the dishes, you had to sweep the floor, you know, maybe weed the garden. How about this? How about all you teachers come to my house and wash the dishes, do the laundry, we'll teach our children the fear of the Lord, and we'll all be better off. You'll be gainfully employed, and we'll have an actual generation that fears the Lord. This is my, this is my proposal and I think if we, if you would accept this proposal, we could all get along a whole lot better. I, I think uh, for people, this is probably going to offend a lot of people, but I, I don't think it's loving to send your kid to public school, whether they, there's a Christian there or not, or whether you think a little Susie's going to evangelize everybody. Uh, because the Bible says whoever leads one of these astray, it's better to have a millstone thrown around his neck and tossed into the ocean. Or serious business. Or what, right. Um, it's, oh, by the way, Jesus said that. So somehow it's more legitimate than the rest of the Bible for all you Jesus-only people out there. But Who my, are certainly listening to yeah, this Yeah, who podcast. are certainly listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, by so now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure they haven't shut it off yet. Um, the, the, that idea... Um, people don't believe that idea in practice. They, it's another verse that they just don't believe because they send their child off purposefully to be taught. They know that their child is being lied to. They know that their child is being led astray. They know that. So how is it loving by sending your child to be taught by a pagan when he stands before the Lord in the white, white throne judgment, the judgment will be worse for him because he led your child astray. How are you loving that man or that woman? How is it loving by sending your child to be taught so that he receives greater judgment when he stands before the white throne? How are you loving that, that man or that woman? You're not. You're not. You're just loving yourself. It's a babysitting service for you, and you think everyone's, everything's going to be okay because you ignore, ignore most of the Bible. But I'm telling you, that person, whoever leads your child astray in that school, which they are doing, and you know they're doing it, that person is going to receive greater judgment because of your actions. Let me ask you, are you loving that teacher? No. No, you're not. Here's another question, and this is maybe a bunny trail. Uh, but you, you referenced Mason, who said that in, what, 1923? Yeah, it was, yeah I, think, I think it was 23, actually. Yeah. So 
that's a long time ago. <laughs> that's that's a hundred <laughs> years ago, right? Uh, and he saw it. We see it clearly. My wife and I started to see it. We weren't even Christians when oh, wow. we pulled the kids out of school. And uh, so we started to see that there's eh, something really wrong here. They, they don't care. There's no, we all agree now that there's no excuse to not see what's going on. But Machen saw this in 23. When should the Christian community have, or, or any community, what, when should you have started to, to really notice? Where's that, where's that switch over? Is it when they pulled the, the prayer out of public school? There is no. Was it before that? Was it, it, I mean, it's, it always should have been there for the Christian, for the thinking Christian. My parents certainly, you know, they got a good education at Reading High. Uh, they thought that they were sending me and my sister off into get a good education, and and you know by God's grace, uh, He saved saved me, right? Um, but I I don't feel like I was heavily indoctrinated. If I was, it was for a love of country, love of state. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the, we had civics that was taught and we we learned about the constitution we learned about the founding documents the history that we're saying is now being erased is something i did learn in public school but but where where when and where and how you know we we often talk about that that lever in history being the cross you know with darkness before and light after but where where should we have had that that lever where where was that hinge I have to say, I think as you go back, uh, in the days you were talking about, maybe the bigger error was in what was not said rather than what was <laughs> Errors said. of omission. Not so today. I mean, what what's being said today is horrible. Back then, I think it was probably deliberate. what was left out. Yeah. And so it was deliberately left out. So it was a sin of omission. Yeah. Now it's yeah. being deliberately crammed into them, yes. and it's a sin of commission. Well, I guess the important thing is not to come up with an answer for this because apparently from your book there, Dad, the, answer, the, the correct thing to do is not just to ask the question but not actually come up with the answer. <laughs> so <laughs> we've, we've done that. We better out. stop now before we come up with an answer. Yeah. <laughs> that's our out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm running in good company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's all we need. Just, I, just I mean, ask the good question. Years ago, um, when, I mean, before you were uh, – I mean, we just had two children then and uh, – Someone came to our neighborhood, and uh, uh, he was uh, had a couple of uh, ladies, uh, Mormon missionaries, come into his uh, house, and and um, I got invited over to this sort of a quote unquote high level discussion, you know, above the birds and the bees. This is about philosophy and the meaning of life and everything, right? And um, I, I remember goofing up the whole discussion. A high level. <laughs> it was it was goofed up because uh, this one guy he was. Came off like a philosopher guy, had the mustache and everything, the, the glasses and the quotes. And he was talking about the journey, the journey of life, right? And finding the meaning of life, right? And I, I, I just goofed up everything up. I said, well, I found it. It's, it's, it's Christ. Well, it's not about finding. It's about the journey. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of done here. Right? <laughs> and I said to him, I said, so. I'll show you a journey. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I even said to him, I said, so. So, so the value here is looking and being convinced that there's no nothing to find. That's that's the value here. 
right? He said, well, you know, you know, I'm not so arrogant as to think I've, I found it. I said, well, I don't think I'm arrogant, but I, I, I found it. It's, it's, in, it's in Christ. And I mean, I walked out thinking, now this was, this was really, this was supposed to be about, you know, high philosophical things. Right. Right. And I just learned that it's a great thing to look for something that you can't find. Now this, now this has been helpful. <laughs> and if you find it, you're arrogant. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, is is that not every philosophy class from here to Timbuktu now? In well, it's Western the philosophy culture? classes you took it. At, yeah, you it's, took right. Is, in, is is the love? The philosophy means the actual love of philosophy. I love philosophy, but when you get in there, you realize there's no such thing. You know, and that's part of the journey. You know, you right. realize it's that philosophy journey. doesn't exist. Yeah. My philosophy is not the same as yours, right? right? But whose is better? So if there is none is better, if there is no such thing as wisdom, um, then you can't possibly have a philosophy class. But that's what we learned. And that's what they told us with a straight face. Just like, uh, <laughs> just like uh, your observation that, uh, you know, cold has been, I mean, the cold and flu has been eliminated last year because people are wearing masks of social distancing. But uh, we have COVID this year because people are not wearing masks or social distancing. And they tell you that with a straight face. In the same breath. In the same yeah. breath. Yeah. Heart, I actually heart think attacks are down, too. Heart attacks are down, too. Uh, heart attacks are way down. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Cancer, uh, because we don't do the cancer screenings. We're doing less cancer screenings. <laughs> so, obviously, less people have cancer. How about that? That was easy. COVID I, cures cancer. Yeah. Everything. I actually think the and most heart disease. Important, important, discuss, important invention most important invention is not the computer you know, recently anyway. It's not a lot. I mean, there have been a lot of cool inventions. I, I, I think the best invention of the last maybe 20 years is absolutely the bobblehead doll. It explains everything. Hmm. It does. We've all been turned into a bunch of bobbleheads hmm. when it comes to COVID, when it comes to somebody in the white, with a white uh, jacket on. Bobblehead dolls. Yeah. Is us. Yep. <laughs> well, these four bobblehead dolls, thank everybody for listening to the Think and Reform podcast. Uh, thanks, everybody, for, for yes. yeah, uh, give, give us a rating on uh, whatever platform you listen to, on if it's iTunes or Podbean or uh, maybe even Spotify, and subscribe. And thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you guys next time.